630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. going to throw, looks to the left side, throws now over the top, that is complete, across the 15 to the 10, touchdown Eskimos, Bryant Mitchell. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Just heard Kyle Morris in the news with that story about miners not being able to use tanning beds. What, they're working underground all the time and now we won't let them go get some sun, even if it's artificial? That's crazy. They're going to be incredibly pale. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 6.06 Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6.30. Chet, hey, don't forget we got that big doubleheader on Saturday. We'll start at 3.30 with the Eskimos countdown to kickoff show. Game against the Argos at 5. As soon as that is over, we'll take you to Rogers Place for the Oilers and the Senators. That game is going to start at 8 o'clock. In the NHL tonight... We got the Leafs taking on New Jersey. Eight and a half minutes left in the first period. The Devils lead it. 2-1. The Penguins and the Capitals. 1-0 for Pitt. That's with about six minutes left in the first period. Still to come tonight, the Bruins and the Avalanche. The Islanders face the Ducks. And the Flames meet the Kings with Yarmir Yager expected to make his Flames debut. Baseball, it's almost over at Wrigley. Two out in the bottom of the ninth. The Nationals up 5 nothing on the Cubs. If they win, which they uh, should at this point, that forces Game 5 back in Washington. Yankees and Cleveland Game 5 starts in a few minutes. Hey, if you'd like to get in touch, you're welcome to do so. You can text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063, the email inside sports at 630ched.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Wilkins, like Dominique, no relation. Hey, this is pretty cool. I want to remind you that some guests on Inside Sports receive gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Beer, bourbon, and chicken. Order takeout or delivery for the hockey game at Skip the Dishes. Pleased to welcome Northern Chicken on board. Great Edmonton-owned restaurant on 124th and 107th. So the Oilers had yesterday off. Back to work today. Longer than usual practice. Uh, I mean, they went about an hour. Pretty spirited. I, I will say this, everybody. though. Everybody's like, well, I guess they got a bag skate. Well, McClellan bag skated them. I don't know if that word really applies anymore because there's so much instruction in hockey. The game is so technical. I mean, yes, there was a lot of skating. There was a lot of reminders about intensity. McClellan was maybe a little more barky than he usually is, but it's not like he just made them skate laps for an hour or do, you know, blue line and back, red line and black over and over again. It's not so much about punishing them. It's about reminding them. It's about upping the level of energy and intensity. But there was still a lot of teaching going on, a lot of reminders about what area of the ice you're supposed to be in, about how hard you're supposed to battle in those areas. So I hesitate just to say, well, he went out there and bag skated them. I mean, he coached them. He, he coached them sternly. He coached them energetically. 
but I wouldn't call it a bag skate. Here's a little bit from McClellan today. Well, we started at training camp in day one trying to remind the players how hard it is to win. And uh, part of uh, solving that that puzzle, if you will, is, is work ethic. And I thought we were really outworked the other night, uh, perhaps a bit in Vancouver, but the other night we did uh, tried to do a lot of things on the, the easy way. And uh, today was a, a reminder that we have to get back to work. So uh, happy with the way the guys responded. Happy. Excuse me. Happy with the effort that we've uh, put in today. Now it's got to carry over into tomorrow, Friday, and then the game on Saturday. So you may have heard uh, this little part of that clip. The way the guys responded, happy. Excuse me. So that's Todd McClellan during his media scrum. And what happened today was they practiced at the community rink. And if you uh, watch Oilers coverage at all, McClellan often speaks in the Hall of Fame room where he's at, at that podium. You can see it off 104th Avenue. So they're at the community rink today. So they just scrum kind of where the Zamboni comes through. And it's right near the corridor that goes down to the dressing rooms. And then the players leave there and you'll come out of that corridor and go back to, to, to Roger's place for, to their actual dressing room. So there were a couple players waiting to be interviewed and a couple media guys over there and a couple of other staff members who were chatting a little too loudly for McClellan's liking. And he shouted over, excuse me, while he was doing his media scrum. So the guy was completely in control of all situations today. Not just on the ice, but, but off the ice, regulating the background noise while he was doing his scrum. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I've been doing uh, scrums at hockey rinks for a, a fair chunk of my life. And I think that's the first time I've ever seen a coach. You know, he didn't wait to finish his answer and say, look, don't ask me any other questions till these guys quiet down. It kind of was like a school teacher mid-sentence, like, you know, I can wait as long as you can, or who's talking here? So anyway, just a little uh, interesting aside. McClellan's been using that phrase a lot the last few days, hard to win, reminding the players about how hard it is to win, saying they were outworked, especially against uh, Winnipeg. They were looking for the easy way to do things. They talk a lot about work ethic, and you know that, that's the thing about hockey, right? you got to compete for pucks. you got to be in the right spot. you got to engage in puck battles. You're not going to win every puck battle, but you can engage in them and delay what the other team wants to do. And the Oilers, were there was too much looping around, too, too many attempts at fancy plays or plays that might lead to an explosive offensive chance but had a low percentage chance of succeeding. Um, even though there's a lot of talk about work ethic, I, I wouldn't label the Oilers a lazy team. I mean, I don't think there's a, a general malaise in the team where they just consistently, especially if you factor in last year, ha have gone out there and just, you know, putzed around and not cared. I, I think they do care. I do think they have to work harder. I also think they have to work smarter. And I, I would, when I think about work ethic in this case, I, I almost think more about working smarter than working harder. Now, to some ways... The two go hand in hand because if you work a little smarter, you're, you're going to be doing better things and be in better positions. But Todd also referenced yesterday showing a player video on Monday during one of the periods and saying, okay, what should you do? What should you do? What In all three cases, he, he knew the right answer. He knew where he should go. He should go when the puck was in or the opponent was in that position. And he, and he just didn't do it when, his, when he was on the ice. So... He's nipping this in the bud. I think it's a good opportunity here. It's almost like a, 
mini mini training camp they had yesterday off they have three practices before they play on saturday so it's a little reminder here's what you have to do and by the way you all know how to do it so why so why aren't you doing it like i I don't i don't think this is i don't think this is a lazy team I, i don't think this is a team that isn't committed I think they happen to have played a couple of games where they weren't as intelligent or as committed as they need to be, and McClellan is making an effort to remind them of that. He, he was asked if he was surprised that it was necessary to have a practice with this type of tone this early in the season. No, not at all. Um, not with the circumstances of, of last year and heading into this year. Um, we have a young group that's learning how to do it day in and day out, and uh, sometimes the... Uh, the willingness to do it gets away on you a little bit. You try and cheat your way to a win, and it doesn't uh, it doesn't work. So our young group had to be reminded, um, and uh, we'll be better for it. All right, it's a little bit from McClellan. More from him. Time for your call, 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. Also this hour, we're going to catch up with Tim Hunter, coach of the Moose Jaw Warriors, former Calgary Flame. Uh, the uh, Oil Kings play the Warriors coming up here. And uh, Tim Hunter also uh, got a pretty prestigious coaching opportunity. We'll have that story all ahead on Inside Sports. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Have a text here on a non-sports related subject. I'm going to give it a quick read. This person says, snow started in Gibbons and Redwater area, so drive safe, everyone. That's a text to 630-630. Always happy to keep people updated on the weather, and obviously winter is coming, as they keep telling me on Game of Thrones. By the way, I have one episode left of Game of Thrones. I've watched the entire series to this point uh since like the second week of august probably the greatest thing i've ever accomplished in my life watching game of thrones in about two and a half months so i got one episode left the season seven finale so now i'm totally up to date on all the cultural references i won't spoil it for anybody else though that hasn't watched it because some people inadvertently uh did that to me so i'll make a mistake to uh i won't make the mistake of accidentally doing that. The Jets, or uh, the uh, Devils and the Leafs, pardon me, tied 2-2 now late in the first period. The Oil Kings out on the road mentioned they're going to play Moose Jaw tomorrow. We'll have Warriors head coach Tim Hunter on the show. The uh, Oil Kings are underway in Brandon about halfway through the first period, and uh, the Wheat Kings have jumped out to a one nothing lead, so we'll keep you updated on that game. The text line is 780-496-0063. You can also call... Uh, you can text 63630. The phone number is 7804960063. Yeah, don't text 7804960063 cuz then Kellen's going to get all these uh <laughs> Yeah, I get robot voices when that just, happens. Does the electronic voice still read yes. the text message when you yeah. text a landline? It does. Yeah, yeah, I get that robot voice. Kellen like, definitely doesn't want to do that. I don't want to talk to some Skynet. Wise guy's going to do it now. Yeah, I don't want to talk to Skynet, Reed. I want to talk to actual humans. <laughs> Skynet. <laughs> nice. Little Terminator. Uh, before we get back to some of the uh, practice tone stuff today, Leon Dreisaitl did not practice. Here's why. He took a uh, puck or a stick. I don't even know what it was to the eye. And his eye was uh, quite swollen today. It wasn't safe to put him on the ice. So if the swelling comes down uh, tomorrow, he should be back out. If uh, there's any risk of 
of any problems up and in around that eyeball. We won't skate him tomorrow, but he should be ready to go on the weekend. All right, so a little bit of an eye issue for Dreisaitl. Nothing serious. Should be ready to go on the weekend. So that's positive. Oilers and Senators, 8 o'clock, coming up on Saturday night. So an intense practice for the Oilers today. There was a lot of skating, a lot of energy being expended, but also a lot of coaching as well, reminders about positioning and commitment and all that kind of stuff. And what's happened here, it's it's kind of a weird reek weird week for the Oilers. They they play Monday. They don't play again until Saturday. Same schedule as the Eskimos this week. So they, they took yesterday off. Longer practice today. Back at it Thursday and Friday as well. And uh, McClellan was asked about having more practice days. Perhaps giving the opportunity to focus on some more specific things that need to be addressed after the two losses. We wouldn't be able to do this. Uh, you know, you take the Vancouver um, Winnipeg game and the, the off day getting in at 2.30, we can't uh, reestablish a work ethic in that short time frame. Uh, our players had a day off yesterday. They were rested. They came to work today, and I give them credit for that. Uh, they took their lumps in the video session. Um, now it's about what we do with it. Um, you know, we, I, I don't look at today as being a bad day or a, a wasted day of, of conditioning. We got a lot out of practice as well. Uh, but it's what we do with it. And, um, you know, teams have to be reminded, um, especially early in the year, that it's tough to win. And other teams are going to be ready for you. And you get outworked, you're guaranteed to lose. All right, so McClellan, I mean, he said that two or three times today. It is tough to win. you got to be reminded how hard it is to win, and uh, that was the focus today. I'm sure it'll continue over the next couple days of practice. The Eskimos will get back to practice tomorrow. Magic number of two to clinch a playoff spot. Any combination of Eskimo wins and BC Lions losses. Eskimos play Toronto on Saturday. BC is at Winnipeg this week. Then the teams play each other next week, so the Eskimos will certainly have an opportunity to clinch a playoff spot. And Man, they got one guy just completely leading the way on offense. He'll protect for Riley as he steps up and throws, and he's going to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimos! Brandon Zilstra with the reception, and the Eskimos have come all the way back. Zilstra, one of the players of the week for last week in the CFL, 201 yards receiving in Montreal on Monday, and he didn't have any yards in the fourth quarter. So that makes that uh, even a little more impressive. For a while, I was wondering if he had a chance to beat Terry Vaughn's record of 275 yards set in Winnipeg in 1990. Quick quiz for Kellen Kennedy. You're right. a big Eskimos fan, though. You would have been just a little lad in 19... 19- Do you remember who the Eskimos quarterback was in that game? 1990? 1999. 1999, okay. Throw uh, to Terry Vaughn. Neil Green? Neil Green, absolutely. Yes! Not a guy associated <laughs> as being a prolific, calm passer. No. But they absolutely lit up Winnipeg in, in that game, and uh, Vaughn has set the team record for, for receiving yards. Jason Moss commenting on Zilstra's huge outing. What he did in his pregame routine was to go out and catch a lot of balls without his gloves. It's the first time he's not worn gloves yeah. in his career. And he just went out there and figured out what it was going to take in that game to catch every ball, how he was going to catch them. I mean, uh, so he caught a lot of balls with his body in that game, but he figured out when he was warming up that it was going to be hard to catch him with his, all of them with his hands. So any chance he got to protect the ball with his body, he was going to do it. First game Brandon Zilstra played without gloves on. It's also the first game he had 200 yards uh, in his career. So I imagine someone's got to hide the gloves this week. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm sure he, I guarantee you this, he'll feel differently about ever playing in the rain again. Uh, no matter what his mindset was going in, he'll have a positive vibe the next time he plays in the rain. Um, now he's played in a, you know, a complete snow game and 
Ottawa and played extremely well in that. And then obviously he can play in the rain, play in the rain as well. So obviously weather does not affect him. Yeah, pouring rain, especially early in that game in Montreal. As, as an aside, Morley and Dave were telling me their broadcast booth they they had some electrocution concerns because yeah, there was so much they were water. bailing water out of there. Yeah, and they had <laughs> so they they had a table they usually put their stuff on. They couldn't have it by the window because it was just soaked and but they couldn't close the the windows to keep the water from coming in because then they would just fog up and then they couldn't see the game at all. So they had to do it with the open windows and put all their stuff basically at the back of the room so it didn't get uh, didn't get drenched. But but anyway, just a, just a little aside there. Zilstra, yeah, huge outing. He has become the Eskimos' top weapon. Even since Walker came back, Zilstra has still been better than Walker. And Walker probably his toughest game as an Eskimo Monday against Montreal. He had several drops, but I'm sure he will bounce back. Washington has finished off the Cubs 5-0, so they force a fifth and deciding game in that series back in D.C. The Yankees and Cleveland are underway. Yankees jump out to a 1-0 lead after one. That is game five of that series. We'll keep you updated on that. We'll fill you in on the NHL scores in a couple minutes. Tim Hunter, Moose Jaw Warriors head coach. He's going to join us. And also remember that on Friday at 10... Friday, 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.ca. Tickets go on sale for that pre-Olympic game between the Canadian women's hockey team and the United States right here in Edmonton, Sunday, December 17th at 5 o'clock. So big tune-up game before the Olympics in February between the two old rivals. Tickets go on sale, Ticketmaster, Friday at 10. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Channel. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. You can always get the latest on the Oilers and the Eskimos, including interviews and audio highlights from their, well, every game throughout the season by going to 630Ched.com. In the NHL tonight, Devils and Leafs 2-2 after one. Penguins up 1-0 on the Capitals after first. The first, Chris Letang has his first goal of the season. Three more games to come later on tonight, including the Flames taking on the Kings. Yarmir Jagr expected to go in that one. Western Hockey League tonight, Oil Kings starting a road trip. They are at Brandon, and the Wheat Kings lead it 3-1 late in the first period. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 6.30. Ched, tomorrow... The Oil Kings will play on the road again at Moose Jaw. The Warriors are coached by Tim Hunter, who has been kind enough to join us now. Tim, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, sir? I'm great, great. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing very well, and I'm sorry if I maybe pulled you away from a, a webcast or anything, if you're doing some pre-scouting of the Oil Kings, or do you get the game tape later? Is that how you guys do it? I watch in the morning. I pay attention to it a little bit, but I uh, watch in detail in the morning, uh, so much better when you can watch it and rewind it and, and uh, do that kind of work uh, as opposed to watching twice unless you're there live. You know, the, the Oilers had a, a pretty tough practice today and Todd McClellan said they took their lumps in the video session. Uh, tell me in the WHL about how much video can be used with all the technology these days. Is there the opportunity for players to even look at stuff in between periods or on buses, maybe if you guys are traveling? How does the video shake down? Oh, it's, it's not unlike the NHL. We have all the capabilities they do. 
Uh, I have an iPad on the bench, actually, so I can watch game game video while it's happening on the bench. It's like 15 to 20 seconds delayed, so uh, I'm on top of it. And uh, we have lots of opportunity to watch video, and we, we use quite a bit of it, and most of it in a constructive way, because everyone knows when they make a mistake uh, in the game. So try to use it in a positive way as, as much as possible. Obviously, you you uh, you played with the Flames in, in the 1980s. You had a long uh, NHL career, and uh, you went on to play Quebec, Vancouver, San Jose as well. So, I mean, you played from uh, what the early 80s to to 97. I mean, as a player, you must have seen an incredible evolution in how video was used and its prominence too. Yeah, no question. Uh, VHS uh, to uh, DVD. And the coach writing on the on the TV in the in the locker room, and it was a 19-inch TV, so it was hard to make out what was going on. I think the coach was the closest, so he was the only one that really knew what was going on. And then the evolution as an assistant coach in the NHL, and we brought digitized video to the Washington Capitals. We were one of the first teams to have it, and a bench monitor, and so on and so forth. And when I went to San Jose, they still had VHS. And I had to bring them up to speed in the uh, early 2000s with the digital age and having video on a laptop. So I've seen a lot of progress, and uh, I think it's been great for the game because it's allowed the player environment to get better and uh, the development of players, you know, at our level in the Western Hockey League get better as well. So, uh, you know, you use it in the right way. It's, It's really a positive thing, and it can really help grow the player and help grow your team. I'm going to throw one at you here, and we are going to talk about your your current team and the coaching opportunity you have uh, for a pretty big game as well. But the the 1986 second-round series, Flames over Oilers, is one of the most remembered playoff series of all time. Obviously not so fondly in oil country because of how it ended. But your coach in, in that year, Bob Johnson, was given a lot of credit for the game plan uh, you know that he used and you guys executed to beat the mighty Oilers and, and interrupt uh, a run of Stanley Cup victories. W- was that uh, was that Bob? W- was there video that helped you guys anticipate the Oilers? Did he use other tactics because his approach, uh, you know, obviously was is given a lot of credit for you guys being able to beat the Oilers in seven that year. Well, we knew uh, which side they liked to attack, and all their speed came up the right side. So we used the left wing lock. We used a lot of things, uh, video included, to track how their defense joined and, and which guys and, and where they joined. So we had patterns, and we used a lot of that to help us. And, you know, some guerrilla warfare in there. Hey, not unlike the other night with Vancouver beating Edmonton uh, with Dorsett uh, following McDavid around and harassing him. You know, with a little bit of Neil Sheehy and Wayne Gretzky's kitchen and stuff like that. So... You, you know, a combination of all of them. Uh, you know, when you're the underdog and you're playing a powerhouse, you leave no stone unturned and, and try all kinds of different things. And we had fun with it. We, we relished the underdog role, and uh, it worked out. We got a break. You know, Steve uh, was trying to come up their right side from below his goal line as a defenseman, and, and Grant Fuhrer just kind of was in the way a little bit. And, it worked out for us, but, uh, you know, obviously they were a better team still at that time, and we just found a way to win. 
Tim, I, I, I got to give you a little bit of a hard time here because I, I'm looking back on the 86 playoffs when you had 108 penalty minutes in 19 games. Like, you, you must have been doing a little bit of what she he was doing as well, right? <laughs> well, I always did my fair share, but Neil was kind of new to the scene and uh, he had to do what he could. And, um, you know, I had I had to take care of four or five guys. You only had to take care of one. Right. Okay. There you go. Tim Hunter joining us, head coach of the Moose Jaw Warriors. Hey, uh, I, you guys are what off to a five and one start. The latest rankings in the CHL, and I know coaches often kind of, uh, uh, you know, don't pay too much attention to to votes, but you are ranked ninth in the entire Canadian Hockey League. Uh, you know, I did a couple WHL preseason interviews with with people who follow the league more on a daily basis than I do and, and you know people said watch out for Moose Jaw they're, they're going to be good um, did you have high expectations for this season and, and if so how do you feel your players have been dealing with those expectations so far well we definitely had high have high expectations and we want to go from good to great and uh, that will take us you know 70 games or so to do um, it's not going to happen overnight we're a draft and develop team we've got a lot of a lot of players that spent three and four years here and they want to get to the next level and that's you know win our division win the east and then battle for a championship but uh, that's not going to happen overnight um you know we have a lot of work to do and a lot of teaching to do so uh, i think the players have handled it pretty well i think the other night against swift current we lost the tight game four three that was our first real big test of the season and um, we were close, but not close enough, and we'll learn from that, and we'll get to get to where we want to go. And yeah, the rankings are okay. Uh, you know, Regina was ranked all year as number one last year, and and they finished uh, where they should have finished. You know, they they were a good team, and uh, they stayed in the heat. So if we can stay in that uh, top ten, we'll be happy. We don't put that much uh, stock in it, but uh, there are some bright hockey people out there uh, picking those uh, numbers. So. Uh, respect some of that and uh, but we're just trying to stick to the process here and becoming a better team at the right time and that's when it really counts you know you got several Alberta kids and Edmonton area kids on your roster so we don't have the time to go through everyone but early in the season you have a couple uh, Edmonton area products leading your team in scoring Braden Burke has uh, 10 points in six games Uh, I believe he's in his 20 year old season here what can you tell us about this young man well, you know, uh, he came to us later in the year last year um, and really had an impact on us. Uh, it was, you know, it's always hard to find fit that kind of player. And this year, it's been easier. He feels more comfortable. He's came to our team in phenomenal shape. He's probably the fittest guy in the team next to Tanner Janot, who wins the fitness award. But for a star player to be that fit is a real testament to how much he worked this season because he wants to, wants to be a pro and he wants to be uh, recognized late in the year and try to get uh, a couple teams bidding for his service. So we're thrilled to have him. Uh, he's going to have a huge impact uh, for us uh, this season uh, when I, everything's uh, uh, said and done. Noah Gregor was drafted by the San Jose Sharks. He's from uh, Beaumont, nine points in six games. You know, obviously a guy who has been drafted, so some, some potential there. Is he uh, embracing this season so far? Yeah, and, and Noah's, Noah's like our team. Uh, he's a good player, and we want Noah to go from good to great and really uh, take things to the next level. He wants to be signed by the Sharks and uh, be an NHL player, and Noah just has to take one more step in, in his game, and, and he'll get there. Um, and that's 
my job as a coach to coach him through this and help him become a great player. And uh, um, we have a number of guys like Noah and, and Burke that are just uh, waiting to take that next step. And they're not going to take it unless they take it as a team uh, because you do things as a team, everyone everyone benefits as individuals. All right. Uh, I got to ask about a player that isn't on your roster, but I got to get a bit of a scouting report because uh, your goaltender from last year, Zach Sachenko, decided to come to the U of A Golden Bears, and they're flying out of the gate with a couple of lops- lopsided victories uh, in Canada West play over Mount Royal. Um, you know, just with Zach, give us a sense of uh, what kind of a goaltender the U of A has gained here. Real smart, uh, real high hockey IQ for a goalie. Reads the play well, so he can put himself in position for that second play. Uh, always good on the first shot, and, but it's that first pass that uh, uh, beats a lot of goalies, and he's always prepared for it. And he has the the, the athletic ability to, to get there. You know, people talk about athletic goalies. Well, everyone's an athlete, but but having that special athletic ability to go from one side of the crease to the other and make a stop. Um, he has that ability, and it's, it's uh, a special ability for sure. All right. Tim, before I let you go, I also want to let people know you are going to coach Team WHL for the Canada-Russia series, the the, the games this year in Moose Jaw and Swift Current, November 6th and 7th. Were you, were you the head coach last year as well? Yeah, I was in Edmonton and uh, Prince George, and I had... Uh, Steve Hamilton with me, and uh, this year we're going to add Manny Verveas from Swift Current and John Paddock, and uh, it's part of uh, the, the World Junior Program, uh, having the, the coaches coach the team, because all the players that went to the summer camp will play in the game, and then we augment it with a few players we add, and uh, um, so it's part of the Russia, I mean, the, the World Junior uh, evaluation um, program as well, so we, we partnered with the uh, CHL and WHL to uh, put a team together and, and help us with our process of picking the team. What do you like most and maybe like least about coming together for a team over like just a couple days of practice and then playing two games? What's the best and worst part for a coach? Well, the, the, the one thing is it's the same for both sides, for the Can- Canadians and the Russians. And, and the other is I get to know other coaches and I get to know other players. Um, uh which is, is, you know, it's nice because you never know when you're going to coach somebody again. Or um, Great players, it's nice to have 20 great players and the best players in the Western Hockey League playing for you. And, and uh, it's always a thrill. And, you know, John's a great coach and so is Manny. So it'll be, be fun to have those guys. And, you know, they're general managers, so it does not happen very often where a coach gets two general managers to work for him. Right. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, is it... Is it still uh, like different coach? I mean, like when you played, there weren't any Soviets, Russians, whatever you want to call them in the league, and then they eventually became to be part of the league. Uh, like, do they still play different when it's a team of just Russian players, or is that old school thinking? No, they, they do have their own system, the way they play, and it's, uh, it's a little hard on them because I've got two Russian defensemen that are very good and most likely will be in the game as well. And for them to go from the style that we play now to play for a Russian-style coach uh, will be a little foreign for them, but uh, it comes back to them in a hurry because that's how they grew up. So, um, uh, yeah, I know it is. Uh, um, but the, the nice thing, too, is is all those Russian hockey players that will play in the game, uh, they all speak English. 
they've all played in the tournaments that's played against the Canadian guys, that, and we're all familiar with everybody. So it is kind of a, uh, a fun thing. Uh, you know, I'll ride. Uh, last year I rode to uh, Regina, to Edmonton PG with uh, five of the Russian players. So, you know, I took care of their baggage, their sticks and everything. So I, I was like their personal valet because um, they're local. So it was it was fun. You learn any Russian? <laughs> I've learned some words for sure. I know some key words that are are important, uh, especially when the coach doesn't know what he's talking about in Russian. I know that one. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, Tim, you're really generous with your time. I, I kept you a little longer than I meant to, but it's always fun to have you on the show. Uh, best of luck with the opportunity here in the Canada-Russia series. Uh, I, I Look, I'm in Edmonton, so I can't wish you good luck tomorrow against the Oil Kings, but rest of the way, <laughs> have a good one, okay? <laughs> yeah, you bet. Thanks a lot. Anytime. Take care. That's Tim Hunter checking in from the Moose Jaw Warriors. Yeah, good squad this year. And we talked about Braden Burke uh, from Edmonton, Noah Gregor from Beaumont. They got uh, Braken Wood from Edmonton as well. Colin Parody from Sherwood Park. Tyler Smith, he's from Beaumont. So well represented uh, is Northern Alberta on the Moose Jaw Warriors who could wind up having a pretty good season in the WHL. They will play the Oil Kings tomorrow night and the Oil Kings down 3-1 in Brandon after the first period. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6.30, Chad. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. The Nuge with a couple of goals in the Oilers' losses. Probably the best forward in those two games, which would make him the best forward overall for the season, I guess. McDavid had the explosive game against Calgary, but Nuge uh, pretty solid in all three outings, I thought, anyway. Leafs and Toronto, or geez, I'm just messing up the teams tonight. Leafs and Devils, 2-2. Eight minutes into the second period. Penguins still up 1-0 on the Capitals. That is also in the second period. Three games to come later tonight. Global's Kevin Carius will be stopping into studio after the 7 o'clock news for some fun and frivolity. He joins us every Wednesday night when there is not an Oilers broadcast. It'll be fun to have Kevin in again. We will have an Oilers broadcast on Saturday. Furnace Family Oilers Hockey. Edmonton's Furnace Replacement Experts. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. 8 o'clock start time. Oilers and Senators, uh, Senators on Saturday. Double header with the Eskimos and the Argos to precede that game starting at 5 with the countdown to kickoff at 3.30. Big day. Kellen, you working both those games? Uh, I'll be in doing the hockey game. I just want to check up on you quickly. You doing okay in there? You're I'm doing okay. I'm very stumbling tonight. I don't know. I might be dehydrated. I didn't drink enough water. Ah, there you go. Water is important, especially this time of year, everybody. Get some water. I, gotta, I, di- I didn't do my enough exercises. There, now I'm fine. There's my warm-up exercise. There you go. I'm doing the old stand-up comedy tomorrow night. Ah, all right. You know that guy in the afternoon news, Andrew Gross? Yeah, I've seen him a Runs couple Runs that comedy festival. So they have that media challenge. So he kind of just signed me up for it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I think did I was it twice before. That that happened, I was like, okay, yeah. I, got to, I got to do it. It was fun. Enjoyed the experience. It's one of those things like, you know, you don't always think, well, I'd like to do that, but you don't get to do. So I did it twice. Didn't do it last year. I thought, oh, I did it twice. That's good. And Andrew said, why don't you go in it again? I said, I don't think I want to. And he said, okay, I'll put your name down. I said, no, I don't think I want to. He said, okay, you're in it. 
So I'm in it. Guess I better start writing some material. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Were you one of those guys uh, when you went for school and that stuff that you left left your homework for like the night before? No, was I was not one of those oh, guys. Okay. Yeah, not at all. And actually, I have obviously written my routine and been practicing it a few good, times, good. a few times every day. No, I was never one. Of, I was never one of those last minute guys. Occasionally, when maybe you had to or, or you got behind, yeah. But I never liked leaving things till the last minute. I would get too worried. See, I used to be that type of person. Then I went through college, and when I went through college, I realized that that approach probably wasn't the best way to go about it. So I had to adjust my game a little bit. But Yeah, I mean, it depends what it is and what else is, is going on, but I think sometimes you got to prioritize stuff. Now, with the comedy, I'd, I'd sooner go out there and have something to say. Whether or not people are going to laugh, I don't know. But, but I, I'd sooner have something prepared. So, yes, I did decide to write something at a time. Excellent. Then you should be fine. <laughs> It'll be, be fine. I like doing it. Uh, what is that? Tomorrow? It's at the uh, Westbury Theatre there, the Arts Barn. So it'll be fun. 730. I think you can still get tickets. Uh, somebody texting in, using the minor joke tomorrow. No, that was the one I used off the top of the show. That was more of the one of the ones you just come up with off the top of your head because I heard it in the news. I don't know yeah, if that would be well. hard to work into a stand-up act. I think, see, I think that would be, and this is the, the thing about writing comedy, the stuff you say in your day-to-day life that people might laugh at isn't funny when you get up on stage and say it to people because there's a different expectation and it's not in a conversation. It's just you up there talking. So you have to weave the jokes totally different. That's part of the challenge. That's what Agreed. I like about it. Yeah. But I appreciate somebody actually thought the minor joke was actually a joke and laughed at it. That's nice. Coming back with Kevin Carius. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.